Pray. Our God, the healer of every ill, we come to you this morning bearing heavy burdens, worn down by the wounds that we try to hide and the injuries that are at the core of our souls. Meet us here in your word, and we ask that you would reach out and touch us. Give us the healing balm that we so desperately need. Comfort us and challenge us as we move into a new week. May we sense your presence at work among us now, we pray. Amen. Whenever I'm in a little bit of a funk, I like to listen to the soundtracks of my favorite musicals. Now, that may not exactly be your jam, but I contend that there is a musical for every mood, and there is nothing more cathartic than singing along at the top of your lungs. A good musical entertains, but it also empowers. It amuses, but also inspires. My favorite musical of all time is Les Mis, the adaptation of Victor Hugo's magnum opus. It has everything. Themes of forgiveness and repentance, star-crossed young lovers, and lots of good old-fashioned political angst. All of these threads woven together, they come together at this one moment where the entire cast sings one of the musical's most iconic numbers, the song for which this sermon is named, One Day More. At the climax of this song, the harmonies crescendo to this phrase. Tomorrow we'll discover what our God in heaven has in store. Tomorrow, they sing. All of these voices are hopeful that tomorrow will be the day that God's will for their lives, all of the running from the law, falling in love, and political revolution, all of it, will be done. They sing and pray in unison for God's face to smile upon them, that tomorrow will bring the liberation and freedom that they so anxiously await. I've felt this too at various points in my life, which is why this song is so meaningful for me. I've often hoped that there is a day just on the horizon where my worries will disappear where my burdens will be laid down, where I will be free from the pains of my past and my present. I've prayed it too. Please let tomorrow be the day that I discover what our God in heaven has in store. Tomorrow. And maybe you too are like Jean Valjean and Cosette and Marius and the rest of the French revolutionaries, and you join the chorus of voices who sing and hope for tomorrow. One more dawn, one more day, one day more. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus is teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. He encounters a woman who has been crippled for 18 years. And the text tells us that her condition was so bad that she was entirely bent over. She could not stand up at all. She couldn't straighten her body. She had trouble walking or moving. We don't know the origin of her condition, 
but we do see that she was literally brought low by it. She was physically weighed down, easily overlooked, or trampled in a crowd. When Jesus sees her and calls her forward, he lays his hands upon her and says, Woman, you are set free. And immediately she straightened and was able to stand at her full height for the first time in almost two decades. Her healing was so complete that she immediately responds with total praise, thanking God for this miracle, this freedom. I can tell that many of us are here today weighed down by many things. Physical ailments, anxieties, tough situations and circumstances, grief and loss. Many of us are brought low by the pains and wounds that we've been carrying around for possibly years. I know that I stand up here too, bent over with burdens too heavy for my aching back and my bruised heart to bear. I see in all of your faces the experiences of fragile bodies being overlooked or trampled on, feeling stuck or unable to move. They are real, and I see them. Jesus sees them too. But not everyone is thrilled that this woman has been healed. The synagogue leader comes to Jesus and says, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Rabbis and pastors and theologians who have long studied and debated this passage agree that this synagogue leader isn't a villain in this story, although it is easy to paint him as one. He's just an enforcer making sure that the community lives within the guidelines that are supposed to bring life and shalom. He's not trying to be a jerk. He's just trying to be faithful. In my overactive imagination, I see him as a somewhat tired middle manager in a somewhat disheveled suit, looking flustered that a visiting executive has gone off script. I imagine him trying to get a handle on the situation, saying, Look, Jesus, you have six other days, literally every other day of the week, to work. You could have performed this miracle yesterday or offered to come back the next day and heal her then. It's only one day more. Just come back tomorrow. If you were that woman bent over and in pain for 18 years. How would you feel if you were told that your healing could wait? How would it feel to hear that you should wait one more dawn, one more day? Her whole life was a series of tomorrows, year after year of wishing that this tomorrow would someday be today. Maybe she came to the synagogue that morning to pray the words of Psalm 13, which begins, How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long 
will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Or maybe she came to recite the words of the prophet Habakkuk, who wrote, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? How long, O Lord? Maybe waiting for yet another tomorrow was just another thing that was too much to bear. Jesus says to the synagogue leaders, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox and donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Although God did rest on the seventh day of creation, The Sabbath wasn't a weekly event or a practice until much later. It isn't until the book of Exodus, when Moses frees God's people from generations of bondage in Egypt, that on their journey north to the Promised Land, they stop for a rest at Mount Sinai. There, the Ten Commandments are given so that God's people will live in harmony with God and with each other. The Sabbath is a gift to people who have been enslaved. It is a blessing to a nation forced to work every day under the thumb of a cruel and oppressive pharaoh. The Sabbath says that God's people, a liberated people, now serve a new master, a new king, one who leads them to still waters and gives them rest. The Sabbath that Moses communicates to God's people does not bind or enslave. The Sabbath sets free. The Sabbath does not bring people low, but raises them up. The Sabbath does not weigh down, but releases people into new ways of living. This woman who was healed in the synagogue the woman whom Jesus calls a daughter of Abraham. She is an heir of this promised Sabbath. She is an heir of this act of liberation. She is set free from her condition, released from a lifetime of struggle and pain, just like the rejoicing Israelites. Her praise joins the echoes of that celebration, Their deliverance is her deliverance, too. She knows that her freedom is an extension of theirs, not a violation of it. Jesus says that even donkeys and oxen are released from their stalls on the Sabbath. Even farm animals are loosed from their restraints so that they are able to eat and drink. If God desires freedom for oxen and donkeys... How much more will God set free one of his chosen people? How much more will God restore one of his beloveds? So this is the new Sabbath, 
the new act of liberation. Jesus makes it clear that none of us have to wait for one more dawn, one more day. Because the God of Abraham, the God of Moses, can and will set you free today. You don't have to wait for a more appropriate time or the right day of the week. Because Jesus has seen your need and will call out to you. Healing in so many different forms can happen today. It's happening right now, all around us. Those wounds that you've kept hidden, the burdens that you are carrying, the pain in your body or in your mind, it can be healed and it can be straightened out. You do not need to begin another week bent over, weighed down, or brought low. You don't have to start a new season of life wondering if tomorrow will finally be the day that you discover what our God in heaven has in store. Now, I can't promise that your healing, your freedom, your liberation will look just like the woman at the synagogues. I don't have that power. I can't guarantee that the physical ailments of our good but broken bodies will just disappear. I wish I could say that I know exactly how Jesus' healing works. The truth is that in my own life, I've had Jesus lay his hands on me many times in the past year. And it has taken me a while to see how the pieces of my heart have been healed and put back together. In middle and high school, I broke my left arm three times in three years. I spent a lot of time in those years in various kinds of casts, from a simple wrist splint to a cast that went all the way up to my armpit. Removing the cast was always a nerve-wracking experience. The doctors use those tiny but powerful saws. And you close your eyes and pray that it doesn't slip and slice something that it's not supposed to. Then you see the scaly skin underneath the cast, dry from weeks of lack of moisture, itchy from accumulated dead skin cells, smelly from the absence of soap and water. Your arm feels oddly light, like it's floating, and then suddenly it feels very vulnerable. Very slowly, you dare to straighten out the muscles and bones that have been kept bent, and little by little you let your arm twist and bend and stretch until you are sure that you can move normally again. It takes a while. For me, I would always re-break my arm before I felt free to move normally again, so the process repeated. Maybe the healing and freedom that Jesus is offering you today looks like the immediate straightening, like the woman at the synagogue experienced. But maybe it looks more like a slow process, and healing will come inch by inch. Whatever it looks like, you don't have to wait any longer for it to begin. Not tomorrow. 
not one day more. Here, now, as you are. I thought about ending my sermon here, and perhaps some of you will wish that I had. But this new Sabbath compels me to challenge us deeper than our individual healings and transformations. Those are good and right. But this new Sabbath goes further. The Sabbath that Moses brings down from Mount Sinai set free a whole people, a whole community. This new Sabbath isn't just for you and for me, but for all of creation, all people, all communities everywhere. And the truth is that there are people in our neighborhood, people in our country, and people in our world who cry out, How long, O Lord, as they live their lives in pain or poverty or circumstances that keep them low and broken? Our neighbors, fellow beloved children, live their lives bent over by homelessness, trauma, abuse, and feeling overlooked. Our Latino and Latina brothers and sisters, fellow children of Abraham, sit in concentration camps on our southern border, separated from their families still, seeking asylum but finding only our cruelty. Millions of African Americans, the bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, face police brutality and mass incarceration. They are killed on the streets or enslaved in our prisons. Jesus sees them in the crowd too. He sees their needs just like he sees ours. Jesus promises them healing and freedom too. And this morning, we should know that their liberation is our liberation, just like the woman's freedom was the Israelites' freedom. We are one body, one chorus, one voice, and we sing together. If we have been set free, how can we turn around and say to another, just wait, maybe tomorrow is your day, one day more? How can we who have cried, how long, O Lord, listen to others groan the same and not feel compassion and conviction? You may have heard the wisdom that hurt people hurt people. But today I tell you that the opposite is true too. Perhaps even more true. That healed people heal people. That people who have been set free go out into the world and offer that good news to everybody so that they can be set free too. People who have been given freedom know that the good news is too good to keep to ourselves. So this week, as you go into a new week of work or play, know that God is at work 
in your body and in your mind to bring you the healing and liberation that is your inheritance, all you sons and daughters of Abraham. Know that you don't have to wait even another minute to receive the rest and restoration that is God's free gift to you. And when you have experienced that miracle, and I pray that you will, you will stand tall. And please do not forget that there are still others who need to be freed. There are still others who are bent over. They are your brothers and sisters, the bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. And they need to hear about our good God, a kind master, and the promise of this new Sabbath. So let it begin today. Amen.